Previously on I Hear Dead People. Uh, know thyself. Indeed. How many times have I heard the aphorism burst forth from his mouth? He'd engage in deep conversations with anyone and everyone, young and old, male and female, slave and free, rich and poor, for the pure love of wisdom. What did they charge him with? Being a pain in the ass? Pretty much, yes. They said he was a doer of evil and corrupter of the youth, encouraging them to turn against the authorities, and that he didn't believe in the gods of the state, but believed in his own gods. Ah, the allegory of the cave. Yes, it's all over the internet. There's even a popular movie called The Matrix, which many people believe was inspired by her parable. A movie? I see. So tell me, what is the message of this movie? So is it rational? In a complex world where nothing stays still to expect things to, as you say, go as you had hoped they would? Well, not always, no. But when it doesn't, or when something unexpected happens, it can still make me unhappy. I see. Therefore, I suggest that you use reasoning. First and foremost. And a new I am. I am what I am. The experiencer is the experienced. And it means looking at things which one takes for granted yeah. and suddenly seeing that they're very, very odd. How do you keep your center when everybody around you is losing theirs? And the thing that you call yourself to which things happen is just something that happens. <laughs> so that was interesting. Did you have fun? According to the great Plato, that's pretty much irrelevant. You know, there's a pithy quote attributed to Plato. Life must be lived as play. Hmm. People mistakenly assumed that he was saying, be free and spontaneous. But what Plato actually wrote was something like, people have to go through life playing their various roles. And by the way, precisely. So I guess I was supposed to be playing my podcast host role. Precisely? Which feels like the opposite of fun to me. Fun isn't really an integral part of Plato's think-it-all-out shtick, although I'm pretty sure he kicked back with his drinking buddies on occasion. Yeah, those infamous toga parties. And speaking of thinking it out, Plato's answer to my question about happiness was a little baffling. It was like his words were flying at me. Use reasoning, but under the guidance of virtue and excellence? So that your soul is orderly and harmonious? I mean, what'd you make of that? Yeah, Plato's idea of happiness isn't the same as our modern day concept. It's less about seeking pleasure and feeling good in the moment, and more about striving to live a courageous and virtuous life. So happiness wasn't a subjective state of mind to the ancient Greeks? Not at all. It was about living in a way that others would find admirable and enviable, mm. striving for excellence. So they cared about what other people thought of them? I mean, how does that lead to happiness? Their ambitions were way more important than what people thought of them. What they really cared about was creating an enduring story about themselves. You see, they didn't really have a solid concept of the afterlife. So fame was sort of their way of defeating death. I see. 
a story that would be remembered. And a story retold, exactly. I suppose that would be a powerful motivator. So winning the lottery or the Olympic Games wouldn't necessarily make them happy. And neither would getting hundreds of followers in the Senate or millions on social media today. According to Plato, happiness comes from doing what's right and doing it well by using your powers of reason and staying true to your values at all costs, which ultimately brings a sense of humility and inner order and harmony. Okay, so I understand inner harmony, but why humility? By humility, I don't mean submissiveness. I mean to be like Socrates, to be open to truth, whatever it might turn out to be, to be true to yourself while knowing that you don't know everything, and more importantly, that you never will. It keeps you grounded, which is the root of the word humility. Hmm. So feet on the ground, head in the sky. I like that, yes. Be courageous and live a challenging, exciting life, but make sure it's guided by reason and virtue. Be bold and wise. Bold and wise. Sounds like a tagline for spicy potato chips. Anyway, that makes me wonder about Plato's problem with popular art and entertainment, especially since a lot of contemporary movies and literature, like many Greek myths, are about courageously overcoming obstacles and defying the odds. You know, Rocky, Braveheart, Gladiator. Yeah, and Aaron Brockovich. And you know what? Plato would have probably loved those films. And it's because the main characters are heroic, not so much an accomplishment, but rather an endurance in staying true to their values. Courageous people, like Socrates, don't just talk the talk. They walk the walk. They do what's right and just no matter what people think of them or what the consequences may be. They're trying to be the best human beings they can be. That's right. So what Plato would accept and reject is a bit complicated. You have to try to see it through his uncompromising moral and intellectual eyes. Mm. This guy actually imagined a perfect society that was run by philosophers because he believed that philosophers were the only ones able to think deeply about reality, those timeless, unchanging ideals like goodness and justice, without being led astray by the ever-changing physical world and by their senses and desires. Wait, so the physical world isn't reality? Not to Plato. The physical realm is an image or shadow of the true reality, which exists in the spiritual realm or realm of ideals. Mm. That's where ideas like goodness and justice lie, which can only be accessed through the intellect. And that's why a good life must be guided by reason and virtue, always and everywhere. And so entertainment and art does what? Corrupts that intellectual process and messes up his perfect society? In a way, yes. Plato viewed most of the arts, including music, as false representations of reality that lead people astray by appealing to their emotions, distracting their intellects and dulling their minds. <laughs> well, I didn't want to piss him off too much by harping on this point, but frankly, this is what happens when human beings place our limited minds on a pedestal. I mean, Plato's utopia would be what, exactly? Ideological slavery? Some big brother state that regulates and censors, I don't know, just about everything? Yeah, everything that's interesting, but which is, in one way or another, not right. <laughs> and what the hell would we be doing with our free time? Wrestling and solving geometry problems? 
Look, who knows? Maybe a combination of the two, like Twister. Anyway, I'm pretty sure there'd be a lot of philosophical discussions like this one, which, by the way, I happen to believe would slip past Plato's censors. Really? What we're doing is certainly not a true representation of reality. I mean, we're talking to dead people, after all. Yes, and Plato had a dead Socrates speak in most of his dialogues. Like I said, it's complicated. Just like his idea of reality being perfect spiritual ideals or forms, that strange-sounding idea is much deeper than some type of conceptual knowing. It's more like, I don't know, a Zen-like holistic knowing. Anyway, like all of the guests we'll talk to, there is truth in what he had to say. You just have to look for it. Hmm. Seeking truth for its own sake. Always. So, did the control freak say anything that stuck with you or made you think? Control freak, huh? His philosophy a bit too demanding for you? Maybe you should have interviewed Mediocrates. <laughs> yeah, he's um, on our backup guest list. Yeah. Anyway, it's funny that you refer to Plato that way because I have been wondering about something. Do you think that the irrational death of his beloved Socrates somehow subconsciously moved Plato to try to figure out how to prevent such injustices from happening to people ever again, ergo his perfect society? Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Kind of like someone whose heart gets crushed by a breakup and then goes down a rabbit hole in search of some kind of algorithm for how to choose the perfect mate. It was just a thought. Well, and a good one. I know people like that. Anyway, how about one of your random facts? Okay, and I think you'll find this interesting. According to legend, soon after the death of Socrates, Plato set out to define human being. The guy sure loved to define things. Yeah, to put things into intellectual boxes, absolutely. And so at his academy, he finally declared that a human being was a featherless biped. <laughs> of course, being its founder, he received universal praise for his answer. Brown-nosing. Another pattern of behavior that has persisted for millennia. History repeats itself. Anyway, when this guy Diogenes, known as Diogenes the Cynic, heard the news, he came to Plato's academy with a plucked chicken and proclaimed, Here is Plato's man. <laughs> Naturally, the academy had to then fix the definition of human being by adding the phrase, With flat nails. A featherless biped with flat nails. I'd say that's a pretty ridiculous idea. But I know you think that humans are more like birds than chimps. Behaviorally, not genetically. But that's a conversation for another time. Agreed. And so, finally, Tom, let me ask you, what the hell is knowledge? The discussion with Plato about examining life, thinking, learning, true beliefs, it kind of puzzled me. I see. Let's end with a simple question. Eh, fine. We're out of time anyway. Yeah, lucky for everyone. <laughs>